Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ice Cream Parlor, the podcast. I'm Stefan Syed. I'm Heidi. Hi. Hi. How's it going, Heidi? It's going all right. How was your week? My week was fine. I um, I don't know. I never know what to say about my week. I work and then I just try to... Make music. Yeah. So it was fun. It was good. You had rehearsals week? this week, didn't you? Yeah, I did. How'd that go? It, go, it, it was all right. Um, it was cool. I got some footage from a show that I played about a year ago that we weren't able to get a hold of. So, you know, um, we finally got to take a look at that footage and watch some of the videos. So that was great. How was your week? Uh, my week was okay. I was in Chicago for my corporate gig. Um, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went there for some, you know, nine to five stuff. It was good. It was cold. It was raining for two of those days. Yeah, Chicago, I bet. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, I've never done anything touristy in Chicago. I mean, I drove by the Bean once. The Bean? What's the Bean? I forgot. It's like a fucking Bean. Oh. <laughs> I've, I've only drove by... But I go to Chicago, like, I don't know, six times a year now. And I, I don't do anything touristy. I remember when I went a long time ago, they had all these, like, bulls. Statues of bulls or something somewhere, like, downtown or whatever. Do you ever see anything like that? No. No. No, I mean, usually, so my, uh, one of my coworkers there, who's one of my good friends now, um, she and her, and her boyfriend took me to Pequod's. It's like a pizza place. Pequod's. Sounds Pequod's. Weird. Well, Pequod's? Pequod's? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, so remember I sent you a picture of what looked like a whale with a thong on its head? Yeah. That's where we went. Gotcha. It was pretty good. Cool. So they do pizza there? Yeah, Chicago well, deep dish. Yeah, it's like yeah. a 40 minute wait. Like when you walk in, it tells you for a pizza will take 40 minutes. Yeah. A lot uh, of wine between the time we sat down to the time we ate. So that was nice. Gotcha. It was lovely. I'm uh, originally from the East Coast. So Chicago deep dish pizza just isn't really pizza where I come from. It's, oh, I, I don't know. It, it's like a, a bowl of soup almost. It's so, <laughs> it's so deep. Like yeah. I know it's called a deep dish, but. I mean, I'm from L.A. Our pizza has avocado on it. Yeah, that's not pizza either. <laughs> and you always go on and on about New York uh, pizza. But it reminds me of an episode of The Office where Michael Scott it goes to New York and he's like, oh, it's one of my favorite pizza places right here in, in, in New York. And it's original. And then he crosses the street and it's a Sbarro's. Like uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be a manager at Sbarro's. Really? No, he didn't. Wait, who used to be in a manager? That's E. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pizza boy. Do you get um, an entourage reference in each one of these episodes? No, I don't think so. I think maybe at least two or three. No, I don't try to. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, but it was good. And then as um, soon as I landed, uh, I don't know, took a nap and then drove the kids down to San Diego um, to, um, you know, to, to see the ex-in-laws and... Oh, yeah, it's spring break now for them, right? Yeah, yeah. So they get two weeks. So one week they spent with me, but unfortunately I was out of town that week. And the second week they spent with their their other family. So it's really nice. Um, I love them there. They're so supportive. Um, uh, Grandma Martha, who's, you know, an ex-in-law, she listened to to one of the episodes and she was like, oh, that's so nice. And and whenever she heard me curse, she's like, oh, okay. Like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you and your potty mouth. I don't have a fucking potty mouth. And <laughs> and it was so cute. She was just so cute. And then and then she's like, let's just watch a scary movie. So we watched A Quiet Place, which we should do sometime. 
A Quiet Place. Um, the, 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 is that the, an older movie? I don't remember ever hearing about that one. It's like a year or so ago, maybe. Uh, it's that guy from The Office, uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. And it's a movie about, um, it's like, I don't know, post-apocalyptic apocalyptic or something. And it's, uh, there are these monsters that don't like noise. So you have to be very quiet. And if you're not quiet, they'll eat you <laughs> mm. or they'll kill you and it's really good it, like i i was crying it was it's like they really relate to the characters we'll do an episode on it <laughs> cool that sounds fun <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it was nice um but it was funny because she's like from martha she's like oh I, I can't hear anything and i'm like well it's a quiet place <laughs> the sound's not there no it's just it was, it was really nice i just drove back today and you know we got um now we're doing this. So that's my week. Yes. Hectic, but I'm home and I'm looking forward to a nap. Gotcha. Well, I'm looking forward to watching this movie. What are we watching this week? Uh, so this week uh, we're watching 1978's I Spit on Your Grave, a.k.a. Day of the Woman. Oh, yeah. This one's kind of brutal. It's um, so it's a revenge movie. It's, uh, it's supposed to be one of the, you know, like it's on like everybody's must have uh, must watch list for anything horror related. It's really good. I, um, I watched it a lot when I was a lot younger and it always just kind of just, I remembered it just, you know, personally. You a lot when you were younger? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Let me start over again. It's just a movie that I watched when I was a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping that in there. Okay, so <laughs> last week we watched Mandy, which was also a revenge movie, and right. I referenced this movie saying it reminded me of this movie. However... That's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah. However, I think it's just the theme of revenge that sort of mm-hmm. reminds me of it, because now that I think about it, I have seen I've I Spit on Your Grave before, and I think about it now, it's not like, story mo- story-wise, it's not really um exactly like Mandy. It's just that there's a revenge plot involved right so there is a huge trigger warning here and i'm going to put that in here and i'll remind people later huge trigger warning it is a rape then revenge movie um it's got a brutal what 25 minute rape scene um it's definitely i think it's scenes plural because it's not it is it's just it's um not 25 minutes of just it i guess it is but it's It's brutal. Um, And then after that, it kind of shifts over um, to the rest of the revenge part of the movie. Yeah. Um, It's, uh, let's see, when it came out, there was a lot of um, hesitation by anybody to release it or to distribute it, Um, which is understandable. It's a huge rape scene. It's the 70s. Uh, There's all these exploitation films. Mm -hmm. But but this one definitely is a little bit more than, well, what is it? Um, Let's see. In Planet Terror, there's like this exploitation film in the background, and it's called Chicks in Cages. It's kind of like that. (laughs) Hmm, Gotcha. Yeah. So um, while I am very much looking forward to watching the movie again, I am really also going to watch it very cautiously because there is um, that huge rape scene. Right. But I don't think it was, I mean, we'll see once we watch it, but I don't think it was um, by any means trying to glorify anything um, that has to do with the rape part of it. I think, you know, it has to do with... um, uh, 
Well, whatever. I don't know what. We'll figure it out. Well, we'll get there because I have comments on that um, from my memories of the movie. But um, also there's, um, there's, there's just a lot about this movie that is going to kind of make me probably take a break in between the rape scene and the rest of the movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so there's, so that's the movie we're watching this week. Okay. So let's go watch the movie. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. We're back. <laughs> we are back. Holy shit. That was crazy. I forgot how intense that movie is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, okay, so the movies uh, I Spit on Your Grave has two titles. It's uh, I Spit on Your Grave, a.k.a. Day of the Woman, it's from 1978. Mm-hmm. It has two names because the uh, original director and writer and the the guy who made the movie, what was his name? Meyer or Mayor Zarchi? Meyer Zarki, yeah. Um he named it Day of the Woman. And when it was, when he released it at that, it was not well received. So when, um, oh, I forgot the other guy's name. When it was finally um, renegotiated and redistributed with a little bit more success, uh, they decided to go with I Spit on Your Grave. So as not to remind everybody that it is called, it was the same flop that was right. Day of the Woman. Right. However, they didn't tell the director that they changed the name until afterwards. And then he had to find it out, you know, find out. Right. Uh, that way. But the, so the director is uh Myra Zarki, mm-hmm. right? Um and he was actually married after the movie was filmed, of course, uh to Camille Keaton, who plays Jennifer Hills, the, the main character the, in right, the movie. Right. Um the movie is about uh Jennifer Hills, who is an aspiring writer. Yeah, she lives in like Manhattan somewhere. She lives in Manhattan. And she wants to go for a little like uh re- i don't know she wants to write a novel so she's going away to a quiet like yeah. little town she busts a misery a bust a misery do you have you not seen misery <laughs> no what's misery oh my gosh okay so you know how i'm in love with scott con yeah what's his dad's name james con right james okay. yeah so um, it's james con and kathy bates and James Kahn is a writer who writes misery novels. Misery is oh, like okay. the title. And he goes off in a secluded place and right. runs into yeah. um, the other love of my life, Kathy Bates. Anyway, gotcha. so she busts a misery and decides to go write in a remote cabin in Connecticut. Like yeah. right off, like right on a lake. Yeah. They never really say that it's Connecticut. We found that out afterwards while watching the credits because that's where they filmed it, I think. But... For all intents and purposes, it could be Connecticut or it could be upstate New York or it could be anywhere. It could be anywhere, really, because the people she runs into are super, um, what's the politically correct term? Hick? Yeah, they're kind (laughs) of hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, that's the funny thing, too. Like, as a writer, they always want to go somewhere to kind of find a quiet spot to get creative and and do all that, whatever. Um, Yeah. Uh, So... We got the unrated version, um, and we could only find this movie by subscribing to Netflix DVD. Um. Yeah, the old-fashioned <laughs> way, the mail to mail uh, mail I mean, order DVDs or whatever. I bet if we would have gone to Amoeba, we would have found it though. Yeah, but we did it from home and traveling and all kinds of stuff. Just it didn't work out for us, so we had to wait for the DVD to arrive. 
um, which is pretty cool, but I did not expect the unrated version. Yeah, I think I saw the unrated version when I saw it the first time years ago. Yeah. Um, so I didn't even know anything. I only watched it years ago because it was on a list of like top 25 horror movies that you'll never watch more than once or something. And I um, I actually had seen many movies on that list more than once. So <laughs> yeah, when no I, shit. <laughs> when I saw that title, I said, well, I might as well watch this one too. So um, yeah, So, but I didn't know that there was an unrated or a director's cut or not, I mean. So, um, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. And um, I don't know if what the difference is, but um, there's, it's just bad. Not bad, like as in don't watch it, but it's just, oh my gosh, gut-wrenching, I guess. Right. Well, it starts off very normal. Yeah. Like- so, it just starts off her driving, uh, Jennifer driving from Manhattan to wherever she's going. Mm-hmm. Um there uh on her way there she (laughs) on the way there she stops for gas right and she not only asks for directions she also tells them what she's doing there Mm -hmm. and as a woman that's a big fucking no-no like you don't tell people where you're going you're not telling tell them that you're going to be by yourself like i do this all the time when i'm leaving my own house going to my own office i and the uber driver or the lyft driver asks Oh, yeah, I just left my boyfriend's house. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I'm going to go meet some friends. Because who the fuck could these people be? So (laughs) she, like, I'm not saying that it's her fault whatsoever. But I'm saying, women, we have to be cautious. And you know what, men, too. We have to be cautious. We can't just trust people anymore. Yeah. So what I noted down was that at that point in time in the movie, the guys seem pretty normal. uh, Meaning, like, she just pulls up to a full-serve gas station pump. So the guy pumps her gas in an old mobile, like... Yeah. You know, old school gas pump. but And also, he's smoking the whole time around it. Like, they didn't have any <laughs> warning signs. But then the other two guys also are just playing some weird, like, game, like, where they throw a knife into the ground and then they try to, like, put one, like, it's almost like they're doing splits. They to put their leg as far away as the knife hit on the ground, I guess. Yeah, or I felt it was kind of like um, a violent twister. Violent twister. Yeah, kind of like a violent twister. Yeah, so they use the knife, they throw it into the ground yeah instead of and the then, spinner <laughs> yeah and then they have to try to stretch their legs out to reach from one point to the other mm-hmm. and then i guess they keep doing it to see who's going to be able to do the splits further i don't know it's a little bit weird it's kind of and, and those two guys are very hillbilly like you know they're not wearing any shirts and kind of like huckleberry finn with the little uh knicker, <laughs> knickerbockers or whatever little jeans and suspenders <laughs> and stuff well so they they really were just um Bums, we find out later in the movie, they don't even have jobs. Yeah. They kind of just loiter around the gas station with this other guy. I think his name was Johnny or something, right? Yeah, Johnny was the main guy at the gas pump. And then the other two, I don't remember Stanley their Stanley and Andy. And, <laughs> and then Matthew, Matthew. Like we find out later. Yeah. Um. So she does that. She gets out. She stretches her legs. She walks around a little bit. But she gives them way too much information at this point um, to be able to, uh, you know, just to get gas. Uh, also, that also what was nice, I... That the one thing that I found nice there was that gas, he filled up a tank for five bucks, five dollars and 20 cents. 20 cents, cents yeah. <laughs> back so in the day. It was 1978. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she makes her way back. She makes her way to her house and, or the rental, and it's nice. She, um, she pulls in to her parking spot, leaps out, doesn't close her door, and runs into the pond. 
yeah, or the just river for, for for like a, a, a just a skinny dip, and it's like it was totally you know normal, and that's what she was you know, yeah, she forgot to close her car door. She was kind of in awe of the house for a little bit, but then she saw the lake and just goes running off in her high heels and her uh, little <laughs> dress, and she just had no hesitation, pulls the dress completely off. And jumps in the in the lake in a freshwater lake, which nowadays I think people would be very skeptical to jump in a lake. Well, more power to her for <laughs> feeling good about herself enough to just rip her clothes off yeah. and go well, she, jumping. But also, oh my gosh, how unsanitary! Unsanitary, yeah, yeah. She's a free spirit, though. That's why I noticed. Yeah. You know, she likes to. Uh, she's you know, she, for a she's woman empowered. at that time, yeah. If you think about it, for a woman at that time. She was going off on her own to, you know, every, like, she's writing a novel. She's renting out a house in some place and she's doing all this on her own. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was um, uh, very, I guess, progressive for that time, you know. There was a movie I saw a long time ago and I don't remember the name. I want to say The Rock may have been in it. And it was, um, they're kind of like in this Amazon jungle or something. Oh, and they um, jump. And they jump into the water. No, they're about to get into the water and do a, a swim. And somebody tells, I think somebody tells the rock or the rock tells somebody, um, don't pee in the water. And then they laugh and then they go, no, seriously, because then the parasites will swim yeah, in through your urethra. your urethra. Okay. Yeah. So that movie. I think that's Anaconda. And I think that was Ice Cube. No. No. Oh, then if it's the rock, then it's... Um, uh, it's the one where he's with Stifler from American Pie. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's called uh, The Rundown or something like that. Okay, well, that yeah. movie, ever since that movie came out, I do not go swimming into any bodies of water yeah. that do not have chlorine, and it, except for the beach, yeah. which is probably the most polluted of everything. <laughs> but um, she just jumps in there, and that like made me cringe a little bit because, you know, I... I carry hands on his head with me, and I wash my hands so many times a day, but mm-hmm. I'm weird. Um... So then, you know, she finally goes back into her house and yeah, and, she, and she unpacks. And as she's unpacking... She orders she, groceries or something like that. Yeah, but as she's unpacking, uh-huh. oh, um, yeah. she finds um, a gun in her drawer, which is like, oh, that's, you know, something. Yeah, and then I was thinking about this. So the gun was already there in the drawer. The person she's renting the house from, like, did they just forget it there? Or was it, like, meant to be there? Like, hey, this is your, like, a Bible, in, you know, in a hotel. <laughs> It's like here. This is for your <laughs> what salvation. What kind of town is that? <laughs> um, oh my gosh! A, and it's um, a pretty big house she's renting out with nobody else. Yeah. So in you it. know how in the Changeling that he rented like yeah. a million room house, mm-hmm. and um, and she rents like this four bedroom monstrosity of a house. Like, what's up with people getting uh, more space? Maybe it's because we're in LA and we're like, um, I don't know, where can we squeeze into? Yeah. Well, I did notice that, in my opinion, like. There weren't, like, she's obviously going skinny dipping in a lake. Like, there aren't neighbors right around the area, you know, that are, like, peeping toms. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, are we going to do this the whole time? (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess that it was just a different time. Um, I've never taken my clothes off and gone skinny dipping anywhere. Yeah. But, I know, I'm... I don't know. I just haven't had the opportunity. I live in an overpopulated city. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's um, But back then in the 70s, it seemed like skinny dipping and something like that was more of like, like, you know, those comedies and stuff like that. Or somebody's always skinny dipping or streaking in like a college comedy, you know, Frank like the uh, Tank. 
Yeah, what's that? Blah, old, school. old school? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, well, okay. So then, let's see. She's so she unpacking. orders the groceries. She meets Matthew. And that's where she meets Matthew for the first time. And Matthew is um, the grocery store delivery boy who right. is um, a grown-ass man. He's got to be, like, what, 30? But he's also... Um, He's slow or special needs of some sorts, but they never really can really tell you what it is. But Johnny at one point calls him a part-time dummy. Yeah, some sort of an idiot or something like that. But but yeah, so you don't really know what what his, his deal is. Yeah, but he but is. He is very like yeah. he's slow. You're, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. For sure. Mm-hmm. What did you say last week? He's not um, from good stock, or is that <laughs> something different? That might be something different. I don't remember. Okay. Um, <laughs> So she meets him and, um, you know, they start talking a little bit while he's in her kitchen uh, because he's delivering the groceries. And he tells he asks her where she's from and he tells her, oh, you come from an evil place. Yeah. New York City. (laughs) (laughs) An evil New Yorker. She calls herself after that. Yeah. This evil New Yorker just gave you a big tip, something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, he wants to be his he wants to be her boyfriend <laughs> um he does yeah yeah he wants to be a boyfriend. Yeah. but um and i think she just was very just polite and nice to him and and she sent him on his way um right and then he ends up going back to johnny at the gas station and his little buddies yeah, on his ride on, on his bike back, back to the his, market yeah yeah and then he starts telling him that there's this new girl and I saw and her boobs. I saw her boobs. And yeah, he's all like happy and whatever. And they're, they were like, ah, well, we already saw. We know what you're talking about. You know, we already know what you're talking about. Um, and and then they start giving him guff for being a virgin. Right. And that's sort of where I noticed that in reality, this whole twist, this evil messed up twist kind of comes out of the fact that these like kind of hillbilly idiots are trying to get their simpleton friend laid which in some ways wouldn't be a bad thing as if it was just there was them. consent yeah exactly <laughs> and if they, if they were you know just maybe you know trying to hook him up with somebody who would at least be friendly and you know whatever i don't know but but yeah basically they're making fun of him for being a virgin and you know and he's you know well so then yeah he goes back to the gas station those guys are still just hanging out there like what do they they really they, don't have jobs don't, yeah um so then after they close up the gas station, they go night fishing um, down the river from, I guess, the house. Um, and they're just there and and talking, you know, just, I guess, man talk, talking about poop and tits and how many uh, New York women one's going to bang and how many California women the other one's going to bang. And, right. <laughs> you know, just how women want it all the time and just the, you know, I, I guess preconceived notions uh, that some men might have that women just are there for them to fuck yeah i don't know i mean again in the they started off semi-normal you know and then it kind of like like i say gets pretty um they just cross over the line like really quickly they just you know go from zero to a hundred and it's it's you know well so this is what happens there even during those i guess bonding conversations they had by the river while fishing um they ask they kind of talk up to Matthew um, about when he's going to get laid. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't want to have sex with anybody, only sexy women. Yeah. And they say, they laugh and they ask, well, what's a sexy woman to him? And he says, Mrs. Hill, Miss Hill, Miss Hill, which is uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, or Jennifer Jenny. Hill. Yeah. And so that's kind of like 
for me, it was kind of like, oh, shit, they are doing it for him as at least at the start. Maybe they were just trying to get them there, you know, just mm -hmm. like. I, I wrote down that the, the guys were horny, persistent, disrespectful, but they were some ways childish idiots. Yeah. Uh, one of them is very much a maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll get there. Okay. So then the next scene, um, she, uh, Jennifer is in the hammock outside of her proper, of the property that she's renting and the, the hammock it's overlooking the river and she's sitting there writing and she's writing about, she's writing a story about a woman who leaves everything behind and goes into isolation to find herself similarly to what she's doing. Right. So maybe she's doing something that's semi-autobiographical. Mm -hmm. um, but she's she's struggling with the sentence and she's struggling with the sentence and she finally gets a sentence. She writes it down. But then lo and behold, here comes this boat down yeah. the river with the loud ass engine. And at first they just pass by and it is Andy and, and Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. Those are um, the two bumpkins, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and no disrespect, but you know, they're just the two guys. That's the characters that they're playing. But um, like I'm talking about they were wearing overalls with suspenders and never once did I, I don't think they've owned a shirt between or the shoes. two of them or I don't shoes. Think they yeah. Shoes. yeah. Shoes. So it was, um, so, you know, they pass by and she ignores them and she continues writing, but then you hear the engine come back and they come back and they start making like, like, like don't like boat donuts. <laughs> yeah. They start um, doing circles. Yeah, yeah. Just around like are, in front of her being obnoxious until she gets up and leaves. Are they whistling at her at this point? Yeah. Time? They're hooting and the yeah. hollering. Yeah. Yeah. So, so being they're already, obnoxious. they're already kind of showing like, Hey, look, we're trying to show off for mm -hmm. you. And you know, it's kind of like, again, like they're doing donuts in the, uh, in the boat, just, you know, silly little being things jerks. like trying to, yeah, get a girl's attention. Which, you know, again, that's why I put childish idiots because some of that stuff is like what little kids do in like, you know, middle school or, or high school when they just sort of start to get interested in boys and girls, you know. So here's the thing. Women are allowed to not be attracted to you. Not you, but I mean, just in general. Sure. Yeah. And just like every man that I'm attracted to isn't going, doesn't have to be attracted to me and every, and every, um, every man that's attracted to me, I don't have to be attracted to them. But that's. How about we just not do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, deal. <laughs> the, the, again, in 1978, though, I mean, so the, what they were sort of doing was like cat calling her, but not really like saying words. But that's sort of what they were doing. Trying to like, I guess it's like. You they know, were like, showing off like children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they do that like in old cartoons, Looney Tunes. Like if you go look at. Um, hubba know, hubba. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. <laughs> or like when Betty Boop comes out and like all the guys do little fox. Uh, oh, that kind of stuff i mean oh, like in the mask yeah yeah but you know so there i don't know i guess in in some ways you know that's the evolution of where we are now that we're we're smarter people we understand that there's respect and and um uh, just a, a a proper way of going about talking to people and introducing yourself or whatever as opposed to just being like hey baby i mean but people still do that and it's still you know uh, very much so part of of you know culture and stuff it was you go to like if you go to nightclubs and things like that you know a lot of times you know people that's what that's what they're doing they're just trying to holler <laughs> what's the lamest pickup line you've ever used oh um i don't i don't think i've ever used a lame pickup line but i don't really use a pickup line i don't know i 
I've never really just said something outlandish. But see, sometimes though, I wonder, because I do feel like there is a, if there is chemistry, there can be. You can say something stupid and it's fine. Yeah, but somebody might like that if you say it. If they, if there is some sort of chemistry and they like you back and they and you didn't do it in a very disrespectful way, something outlandish can make somebody laugh. And if you make somebody laugh, that's already one step in the right direction to, you know. Um, so I used to go to the Anarchy Library a lot with one of my friends. And that's just, a, I guess, punk bar in uh, Downey. And the lamest pickup line ever in existence, a guy came up to her and shared with her and said, hey, you work at Walmart, right? And that was like, I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Because on this side of town, there aren't any Walmarts. <laughs> so it's like, wait, where did that come from? But I mean, lame pickup lines are going to be lame and they're funny. And if you try it, and you laugh it off and you hear, oh, I'm not interested. That's fine. And you, you know, you kind of, you kind of just roll with it. But that it's the persistence after that one liner, you know, after that, um, oh, I'm actually not, no, I'm not interested, but thank you. Um, cause women at the end of the day, we're always going to be polite about it because frankly, it's scary to try to upset somebody, especially a man that can overpower us. Right. So we're always going to be polite. But it's that lane pickup line is fine and it might be funny. It might not. It might be so fucking stupid. It might be annoying. But after you get past that and say, okay, well, I tried and kind of go on your way. That's fine. Like, don't be afraid to try. Right. But it's, there's that you have to fucking stop at some point. Right. Yeah. There's some amount of confidence that I think is um, shown by at least having, you know, the balls to kind of at least you know, maybe not use a lame pickup line, but to at least approach somebody um, and at least try to start a conversation. I mean, it, the the opposite is, you know, also not the greatest either to just kind of be mute and scared to say hello or do anything. And so, you know, there's a fine line that you kind of sort of have to walk, um, you know, in that sense. But, um, you know, you still it's Again, there's a proper way about going about this whole thing. And that's that's sort of what we're getting at. What these guys were doing was just, you know, again, some old kind of fashion, childish, like, you know, whatever. Let's let's show Bode and show off and let me, you know, do this and that. See if I can get her attention. She's clearly not interested in them at all. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so so they try to get her attention, you know, and she just kind of brushes it off. Um, and... Um, so after that, after at that, that same night, she's reading in bed and you yeah. hear cat calls out her window, out, outside her window. Right. And she does the dumbest thing ever. Mm-hmm. She yeah. goes outside to yeah. investigate the noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> barefoot in her, like, um, in her, in her nighty. Like, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? She just goes outside, nothing in her hand, no weapon, no flashlight or anything. Just, it's not just a bad idea for women. It's a bad idea for anybody. Anybody. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. You don't go outside and investigate. And I get it. It was the seventies, but there were psychopaths way mm-hmm. before then too. Yep. Not only that, it could be a fucking bear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, probably. I don't know about in Connecticut, New York area. Well, I'm talking about still... just in general. Like, yeah. if you go outside, it could be, I don't know, a fucking raccoon. It'd be something. Like, don't go outside mm-hmm. unless you're prepared for it. Right. Don't go barefoot with no weapon or a flashlight. You're right. 
So then the night passes after that, right? She doesn't see anybody. They don't confront her or anything yet. Then it's the next day, right? It's the next day. And this is where there's a trigger warning. Like, absolutely. We're not going to go very much into details with each individual act. But it does get pretty bad. And we will reference it from time to time. So trigger warning here. So take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. And... So, so she's just kind of at this point in time relaxing, sunbathing in the boat. In the boat. Yeah. So she's in a boat out in the, in the middle of her of the river in front of her place. And she's just there in a bathing suit. There's a pillow behind her. And she's kind of just laid back, just getting some sun, just mm-hmm. relaxed. And it seems so fucking serene. All she wants to do is fucking chill. Yep. yep. All so she wants to do is chill. Trying to relax so she can get that burst of inspiration to finish this novel she's got in her head. Yeah. I mean, I feel her. Like, yeah, I don't write, but... I totally get it. Um, so then you start to hear that motorboat coming in the distance again. Fuck if I ever hear a motorboat. And so this time, these guys don't just they come and start doing circles around her, but they lasso her boat with a rope. And then they, they start tow her towing away. her they away. They abduct her. <laughs> just downriver like, hey, you're coming with us. And... Uh, <sighs> And uh, so, yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm laughing. Unfortunately, this is where it gets bad. But uh, and then I kind of was thinking, like, I mean, this whole the whole starting with the dragging of the boat and then everything else. So that the guys that drag the boat are Andy and Stan- Stanley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But my, I was thinking, like, like what do what were they ex- expecting to happen? I mean, like, I guess you know, like, like. It's just weird. Like, you're going to drag this lady and her boat, and you think that by the time you get to land or whatever, that she's going to be happy. This is so fun. (laughs) Well, we'll get to that, because I think it's addressed somewhat in in the movie. But, um, so, okay, so they abduct her, and they take her, um, they they take the boat to a little secluded area, and um, she first starts to fight them with the oar that she has, and she in the struggle loses the oar. She tries to run away, and they she's get, running. Well, they get grabby right there. They right, get grabby right, right there, right off the mm-hmm. bat. Then you realize it's not just fun and games yeah. and being idiots because they start like pulling out her bathing suit exactly. and stuff like that. Um, and so she starts running, and she runs and runs and runs, and runs right into fuckface Johnny. Johnny, yep, who's been hiding out in this bush. Like yeah, this like, is all premeditated. She runs right into him, like boom. Right. And they then planned it all out to, on the to, floor. To, right. And Matthew's also there. And Matthew's there. And what they're saying is, Matthew, come here. This is your chance to come. Yeah. Go ahead. Get in there. Get it, get in there. And Matthew's hesitant. And then so finally, uh, Johnny tells him, hold one of her legs then. Yeah. And then he, he, he rapes her. He Yeah. He strips down butt naked himself and he okay, just goes so for it. The, all of the men that rape her. Stripped down, but naked, because they, the the actors chose to do that. It kind of like an act of solidarity because she's naked throughout most of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like at least on 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 their end of it, like right. hey, we feel you. And I I thought that was nice. Gotcha. Um, but that aside, fuck this scene. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. It is horrible. Um, now she, I wanted to go back and say one thing real quick now because we find out from the director not necessarily in the movie but if you read the notes and stuff like 
the reason why the director made this movie and the reason like again he's not glorifying rape here the reason why is because the director actually saved a rape victim or you know in real life yeah he found her like on the side Side of the the road road or whatever raped and beaten yes and after her, you know, sexual assault, he took her to the police where she was again assaulted by the criminal justice department. Like they did nothing to help, which is why at the end of the day, even though he in, his intention was to put music and have a soundtrack to this movie, this movie has no soundtrack. Um, but a reason why he felt okay doing it was because that makes the scene so much more real, mm-hmm. not glamorized whatsoever. It makes it just raw and it, it, it leaves you kind of, like mm-hmm. um in spanish we say the word irida um and that is what i in my mind it's always like you know when you get like a shard of glass like hurt um you get like like a shard of glass in your heart from mm-hmm. it it's it, it it's such a brutal scene and and it's so fucking real like it, it, you feel like you're right well I, I don't know for me i felt like i was right there yeah um so the first the first scene it's johnny rapes her mm-hmm. and they let her go away and she's stumbling and Matthew helps to keep stand her up and then sends her on her way and she goes back towards the water and goes you know tries to follow the river back home but she must have gone in a circle, a circle or something because next thing you know boom they're right there again the guy's playing his harmonica and he's just sitting there on the rock waiting for her and they're all there. Johnny's there, mm-hmm. the other guy, and I think Matthew's there mm-hmm. too. Yep. And, and so the um, she walks towards the harmonica because she doesn't recognize that she is back with these people. So maybe she was looking for help. But mind you, she's filthy and she's mm-hmm. bruised. Right. And she's and she's naked. Yeah. Which in real life that must have been hard to do. Just in general, walking through the woods like naked, like. <laughs> Even barefoot, like go outside and walk down in grass, and it's just you know there's things that well poke they, in your they foot show her feet like going into the river, walking down the river, and she's like moving sticks aside and stuff. I I can only imagine how painful that yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. It must have been really painful, you know, itchy, irritating. All of these all actors, they did their own stunts because they didn't have the budget for stunt yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, so all of that, like when the way she was carried and everything. Like they did their own stunts. Yeah. So, so, so again, I think that the director is also trying to use this movie to kind of portray a message about rape and how it, it is not obviously good and all that. Like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There's a lesson to be learned in the movie. And that's what the director was coming. He wasn't just trying to make some shockingly horror. I mean, not shocking, uh, you know, extreme over the top. He rape wasn't movie. trying to be. Make it an exploitation film. Right. He was. He was. There. But I. I do have points on that. But I want to get through some of it so okay. that it makes sense. Okay. Um. So after um she realizes she's in the same place, she tries to get away, but she can't. Yeah. And this is where the second rape happens, yeah. and it's fucking brutal. Like at this point, like I, I cried. Like I sobbed. Um. Because because she's uh, anally raped. And she, um, and she's also like, they beat her up a little bit more this time. Yeah. And they bend her over a rock and all you see is her face. When you see her face, like the, when the, the, the acting, the acting she did, it was intense because you can see pain in her face. Mm -hmm. And at the point, and when, whenever, uh, was it Stanley? No, Andy, when Andy's done, um, there's even blood coming out of her. Like it's so graphic and. It's, um, yeah, I, um, it's, it's, it's not, 
I do feel like not for the faint of heart right absolutely but I was also thinking like this must be like a really faint quiet town because there's no nobody sees nobody's around um you know what I mean like it's just there's yeah we did see somebody while she was running through but I think it might have been somebody on like part of the cast (laughs) yeah that might have been a goof there (laughs) yeah um but it's just really bad and so they they kind of just leave her there like she's slumped over the rock bleeding and and they just walk away and she's not responsive. Like mm-hmm. she's not moving. And right. um, and then you see her a little bit later and she has made it home. Right. Now, by this time, she's all dirty and, and bloody, bloody and, and just, just like. She like yeah. falls as she sees her house mm-hmm. and she gets into the house. Oh, she goes up to the porch. She sees one of her shirts. She puts that on. She starts. Cr- she goes into her house. She starts crawling to her phone so she can call the police. Yeah. And she dials the number, and somebody picks up she on the other end. Operator, she does the operator, yeah. and um, she dials the operator, and the operator answers, and somebody kicks the fucking phone out of her hand. Bam! Immediately, and she screams, "Oh my god!" And then who is it? But obviously, these same four numbskulls who are I in think her at that house point it was Stanley, a uh, fucking psychopath. Yeah, well, I think Johnny kicked the phone. Johnny was on the stairs. Oh yeah, that's right. I but, think it was Andy because then um, uh, we see that Matthew is there too, like hiding behind a door. Um, Johnny was upstairs for some reason. And then Stanley was out in the kitchen yeah. or something getting alcohol. So even after all that, twice now, they, again, first of all, it was premeditated that they were going to do it because they had to plan to drag her bow to chase her down this way. And then the, the second time at the rock, well, that might have been she went in circles, who knows, but they went back to her house. They weren't done yet. They said, oh, well, she'll probably come back here. We're going to th- hang out here and wait. And that's what ends up happening. So it's like at, they went from being what we thought were kind of just normal, like hillbilly-esque kind of guys, whatever, at working at a gas pump or just hanging out to like really being, you know, like I said, um, having this like scheme. Disgusting Yeah, people. disgusting Fuck. scheme that they were already planning. So. At. And mind you, all this is supposedly to get their simpleton friend laid. Who hasn't, <laughs> who hasn't done it yet. Yeah. Um, and so here's the thing. Um, when they left, um, when they left her on after the, I believe after the first rape, they, at some point they ditched the boat and they ditched the bathing suit in the river. Yeah. I think that's, no, that's no, not yet. That's, that's not yet. Okay. That, yeah. That's not Sorry. Yet. My bad, homie. Okay. So. They kick the phone out from her hand, and at this point, they're trying. Um, they're trying to see, you know, what she's what she's gonna do um, with with um, with Matthew. So what they do is um, Matthew finally decides, okay, I'm gonna do it, and he gets naked and he rapes her, and the guys are, you know. Uh, cheering him on but then at some point he can't come because everybody's watching him right and so he doesn't and at this point no at this point um jennifer is passed out she's passed out but she wakes up and she pour a little liquor in her mouth or whatever to like wake her up again she wakes up and then that's when matthew gets off her he's like i can't do it this way i can't do it this way which i was like oh my gosh he'd rather do it when she's asleep that's i don't know if that's worse but that's gross (laughs) um and then Oh, fucking Stanley 
Stanley does this horrible thing to her and he but he mostly was beating her up and and he didn't fuck her but he didn't yeah. not uh he wanted to but he, he want he he said something like you're just laying there like a mannequin like he wanted her to Oh um so here's um, the thing she um Stanley gets on top of her and she puts her hand on him and says um I'll, I'm hurt I'll use my hand you'll yeah. feel okay and yeah. and that's when he said I want submissive and right. but he starts beating on her mm-hmm. And, um, and beating on her and beating on her. And then, you know, oh my gosh, uh, the horrible thing happened. I don't want to share it. Um, the horrible thing happens. And then the guys leave. Yeah. And because she looks dead. And, um, for a second there, that scene, I think in that scene too, they like make fun of jerking off as if what, they're doing like what they're doing is way worse than that. Right, they make fun of it like they were saying yeah. that Matthew only comes when he jerks off. Right. But like, I don't know, man. Uh, to me, you, jerking off is... I'd rather jerk off than right. rape somebody, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, for them to be able to live with themselves and just think that it's more embarrassing to jerk off than to actually, like, brutally rape somebody, that's crazy. So, anyways, I just... I never understand that. Just in general, like, I think, you know, even when, you know, in regular life, just people not raping people, it's like, well, if you can't, you know, whatever, get it in, you know, we, we had a stigma growing up as a kid, I guess, as a, boy, a guy anyways, where you didn't want to admit that you ever did that, you know, because, Masturbated? yeah. And, um, eventually I, you get to a point where as a man, you don't really care if somebody, you know, everybody does it. So you don't really care anymore. But to me, I've always felt like there's more dignity in at least handling your own business than trying to like, you know, like for example, the guy who's at a bar at two o'clock in the morning, last call. And then they just start looking for any chick they can try to take home just to get laid or whatever. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. why go through all that and just handle your business yourself if you need to, you know, anyways, I know that. Well, there's a stigma around women masturbating too. Um, there is, um, but now I'm, I, I, I'd like to think I'm a little more involved than I was back then. And now I, I tell everybody, Oh, you know what? You really want some help with your love life, your husband, you and you having issues here buy this vibrator. It's my favorite. <laughs> and you know what it fucking is. Yeah. Well, it's healthy, you know, it's healthy. Anyways. It's healthy. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So they leave her for dead, but they want to make sure. So they send Matthew back to stab to her kill in the her. heart. Again, something that's so worse than just like, you know, the little things that they're making fun of or whatever. Like, oh, okay, now go kill her. And they don't have the balls to do it themselves. They're sending him the simpleton. Here's the knife. And he even shows him. I want you to stab her right here in between the ribs in the heart. And yeah, so he goes back to the house to try to, to do that. But he does have... What, I guess, what would you call it? Like a... A conscious? Conscious that hits him at the set, that moment where he realizes, I shouldn't kill this girl. So he puts the blood that's oozing out of her face. Face, yeah, on, on the knife the and blade. then tells them that he did it. Okay, so at, at this point, uh, so that's when they take her uh, bathing suit and stuff and they throw it in the water. But, and they let her boat go. Yeah, they let the boat go. They shove it down river and stuff. And I also was wondering now, after this mo- point in time, why she didn't call the police. She obviously attempted to call the first time and they kicked the phone out. Then they went through the, that third, you know, scene and whatever. And uh, but, but right afterwards, you'd figure like, wouldn't she want to call the police or tell a neighbor or somebody I need help? Like, they're, you know, like, this is what happened to me. Like, she doesn't, which is strange yeah. to so me. It, because it's, it's not very strange to me. Um, 
Okay, so <laughs> it's really hard for women to report rape because then you're called things like a whore or a slut or you had it coming. Um, I have an instance when, um, you know, I have uh, an ex who is very, who was very abusive at the time. And um, when I called the cops, when he kept trying, he kept threatening me, saying he was outside of my house after we had broken up, um, the police officers asked me what I did to make him mad at me instead of, well, let's get this guy who's saying that he has a gun. Yeah. You know, so the police aren't always the best. And in those times, there were a lot less understanding than they seem to be now in some instances. So yeah. I can understand why she didn't. Also, after after she comes to and she's in the she's showering off and she's, you know, like she's obviously traumatized. Like there's obviously so much more going with her. Like there's a point where you're fighting back, you're fighting back and suddenly you just fucking snap. Right. So, uh, and I, I mean, I, I kind of hear you. The whole thing with you, that's sort of, that's really, I mean, I think the LAPD sucks. So they just don't want to do their, you know. <laughs> it was LAPD. The, the, they don't the police do their department work, but, that actually prosecuted was Inglewood Police Department. Yeah. It was not LAPD. Gotcha. But, but that's, you know, so, but in this case, though, again, she's in a small town. She's out of bounds, out of, no, I, I, I find it. Like she had attempted to call and I just feel like that at some point in time, she, you know, I thought she should have at least reached out to somebody. If they didn't believe her, all she had to do was go show up at the at the police station, all bloodied and, and bruised and whatever. But I understand. But PTSD isn't always rational. Right. Sure. I don't know firsthand, but I, well, I so yeah. I'll, I'll share this. I have PTSD from similar reason for some, for some similar reasons. And it's, Vietnam. <laughs> I got it at, in Nam, um, <laughs> but for similar reasons to Jennifer and, you know, sometimes things don't fucking make sense, but they trigger you in certain ways and you're not always going to be rational. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I just I had wrote, wrote that down in my notes here. What about the neighbors or other people in the town? Like, you know, the grocery store lady she called to order the groceries from. I mean, it, it, the town itself didn't seem like they were all filled with like weirdos like um, that one movie that we watched. 1,000 maniacs or whatever it was. 2,000 maniacs. 2,000 maniacs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, they... She does, you know, she doesn't like, I guess, reach out to anybody. So she does her own thing. She processes what she needs to process. So let me go back to that really quick. It's not completely out of the ordinary not to report it. And I wish more people would. And I wish more people had that way of thinking. I wish nobody would fucking do this thing in the first place. But it's not unheard of. It's not, you know... It's not rare. Yeah. It's really hard for somebody to report something like yeah. that. Especially yeah. men. Men have a hard time reporting reporting it too. Yeah. Well, and then like you were saying too, like they get shame, slut shame type of thing or whatever, mm-hmm. typecast or whatever. And they were doing that to the, the, the they guys. They were raping in the her and calling her and a calling slut. Her, yeah. It's like, what did she do? <laughs> um, but she does go back to writing her book pretty much. Well, so I figured I, I saw this as more of a a way of her trying to get past the trauma and putting her life back together, literally, because at one point, the uh, Andy 
reads her, um, reads what she had written and just tears it up. And then we see her with scotch tape, piecing putting her back together. Yeah. Which and essentially piecing back together her life, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which was, it's a very hard thing to do. Uh, we find out in the next scene that it's been two, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks went by. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they're just eating at a diner or whatever. Uh, they uh, being the, the rapist scumbags. Right. Mm-hmm. The four assholes. And at one point in time, I think it's, Stanley, but one of them goes, this town is too peaceful. That was Johnny. Johnny. Was yeah. It? yeah. He was saying, this town is too peaceful, meaning nobody heard about, um, heard of any dead body or anything. Um, and that's when they mentioned it's right. been two weeks in 90 degree yeah, weather. Because they thought Matthew did stab and kill her. Yeah. So they, they start to worry about this decomposing body, mm-hmm. thinking that somebody's going to end up, you know, smelling it or something like that and mm-hmm. come and find out what they did. So they're a little bit on edge, but... That's when he says, yeah, this town is too peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only bit, like, they don't really have any guilt towards what they did at all. Mm-hmm. But the only little bit of guilt that they sort of, or I wouldn't call it guilt, but the thing is they're, they're the only regret. Regret, <laughs> yeah, is that, oh, we left the dead body in, in uh, the house and it's decomposing or something like that. Yeah, Matthew then goes back to being really childish when he says, I did, I stabbed her in the heart and there was so much blood I was jumping over puddles of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that kind of took me like, oh, fuck, yeah, he is so special needs and it's, it makes yeah. me, it breaks my heart because he's in a wrong group of people like he i felt sorry for him at first and in some ways i know he did know what he was doing and participated and that was messed up but he's also like he's calling them his friends and it's like he's really one of those type of people that is just with the wrong group of people and and you know part of it he's it sort of doesn't know any better and I don't know. You know, like you kind of feel a little bit sorry. And he does show a little bit of guilt uh, slightly. Like remorse. Remorse. Yes. Mm. Well, so it, it, may, it, can, it kind of makes me um, really sad because, you know, I have a child with special needs and it makes me feel like I am going to have to constantly hover over him, you know, our entire lives because I don't want him to meet shit people. Mm. But you're always going to meet shit people. I just hopefully have taught him to stay away from shit people um unfortunately matthew doesn't seem to have a very good support system no you know? not at all we don't know anything about his he own has family. a job at the market right we don't know if he has a family or where he stays or anything like that we don't see anybody else really care for him or or show him kindness or anything so yeah he has a job at the market delivering but other than that he just hangs out with these other three losers yeah. um so yeah it is kind of sad there was one part, too, I think right around there, and I can't remember what it was, but Johnny says, he, in agreeing with one of the guys, goes, that a baby? Oh, yeah. So he... Um, I've never heard that before. Like, that a boy? Or so they want, that a baby? Johnny wants Matthew to go back to go check on the body. Right. right and that's right. when Matthew was like, I don't, want, I don't like being around dead bodies. And Stanley snaps on him and goes, you already killed one. And he says it loud inside of a fucking diner. Right. And so, um, and then so, uh, what's his name? Johnny goes, and he snaps at the guy, and the guy was all sad, like puppy dog kind of. And he says, come on, give me that later killer smile. The beers are on me, something like that. And so finally, Stanley smiles, and he goes, mm-hmm. that a baby. Yeah, and that I'm like, a baby. Oh, that was cringy. Creepy, yeah, weird, <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, okay, so then it's determined that Andy and Stanley are going to go and drive by, or sorry, not drive by, boat by, to see if um, 
if she's, you know, what's going on because they initially thought that um, somebody was setting them up because um, the murderer always returns to the scene of the crime or something like that. So um, finally it's determined and they go and they're, um, they're floating down the river and they see Jennifer sitting by a tree next to the hammock, just staring at them. Mm-hmm. Cut to a scene of Matthew getting beat up. Yeah, they beat the crap out of him because he didn't kill them. He, he didn't, they I mean, didn't. He, didn't, he didn't kill her, but it's something, again, they didn't have the balls to do it themselves, yet they're totally, perfectly okay with rape. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I'm, I'm glad it doesn't make any sense to you. Um, here's the thing. Um, he's more upset about not having friends than he is about having raped her. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, Jennifer, we see, grabs the gun, heads into town, goes to church, and prays, and says, forgive me, forgive me. Why does she say that? Because she She's knows. about to cause a ruckus. She knows. It's kind of like Boondock Saints. You ever seen that movie? No. There's um, this, there, there, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good movie. Um, it has to do with these Irish, uh, these Irish guys in like Boston or wherever, and they say this little prayer before they do their their killing business. But they're they're killing like bad guys and people that are like you know uh, gangsters and drug dealers and whatnot. So it, it's just um, I don't know. It reminded me of that because that's what she's doing. She's going to the church to say her little you know peace because she knows she's about to sin so um and sin she does and she does i get and, and yeah i guess like because at what point in time is is murder i mean it, murder is it justified because of the rape i guess in this scenario it is um but at the same time murder is murder and she murders four people and they i guess raped her three times or so. So I guess it equals out, but there's, there's still both like so bad deeds. If somebody rapes you probably don't go and ki- on a killing spree, go to the police until somebody goes to go to get help until somebody fucking helps you. Mm-hmm. Um, because well, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Okay. Um, okay. She leaves the church and heads to the gas station where she sees Johnny. With his wife and two children. Mm-hmm. And he has a little girl. Yep. A little 10-year-old girl. And a 9-year-old boy. Yep. And and uh, his wife seems to uh, have a lot of trust in him as if he's uh, a great guy, family mm-hmm. man, working man. And none of that's true. Well, he is. He, I guess he, it's true that he has a job he and a family, a but he's a scumbag. So he's many in, people have jobs. Uh, yeah. So, and then she also she doesn't confront him. Then she sees Matthew leaving on the. Uh, no. Um. What she does is, you know, she heads home, and what she does is, um, calls in an order for food. Yeah, but she sees Matthew leave on the bike while she's perched like in the car watching Johnny oh, too for a second, and um, he kind of because I thought like doesn't he notice because Matthew gets on the bike and drives and he goes and passes her car but he doesn't really seem to notice that she's there or whatever. Mm. Uh, so anyways, so yeah, then after that, uh, she's got she comes up with her little plot. She figures out how she's gonna kind of systematically take them out one by one, starting with Matthew. Kill Bill style. Yeah, starting with Matthew. Calling okay, so she calls into the market and mm-hmm. asks for a delivery, and Matthew's a delivery boy. 
So they tell her, oh, I don't remember what the name of the street was, but they say, Matthew, take this order to whatever lane. And it it's the house yeah. that he, she lives he in. Recognizes and that. he's freaked the fuck out. Like, he doesn't know whether to take his apron off, put it back, because at this point he was stocking shelves. And he's freaked out. He doesn't know whether to leave his apron on, continue stocking the shelves, or what. So finally he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And he goes and grabs a bag of groceries, and he sees a butcher with like yeah, I don't no. know a pig sawing a pig in half. Was it a pig or was it like a turkey or what? I, a rabbit? I don't know what it, it was. It looked like a, it had hooves. Did it? Well, whatever it was, it wasn't that big, but it was. It was a trotter. He was taking a, like a hacksaw to it and just sawing it right down the middle, which I thought was kind of a metaphor for like splitting legs open. Yeah, it was grotesque, <laughs> but um. He then, uh, Matthew decides to take this knife with him. It's like a cheese knife. It was next to the cheese. I don't know. Yeah. But the blade was this big. How big is this big? Probably about eight. Well, that looks like more like 12 inches, but I think it was probably about an eight inch blade. Maybe a little oh. bit, less, but maybe 12 inches. It was this big, people. It was, it was pretty big. <laughs> um, and so, because, you know, he, he's freaked out and he goes into the house he, he, he pulls up to the house and uh, Jennifer um, scares him because she's in the bushes near the river. Mm-hmm. In her little... So, she in the scene where she was in the church, she was in black. And she now... She looked fucking badass. Yeah, she was like ready. And now she's... That was her yellow uh, Bruce Lee suit. Yep. And now she's in white, in a little night, white nighty see-through because she knows that she wants to well, kind of bait him. Yeah, so... He, but he comes after her, like he's like following her, but like the knife is drawn. He's holding mm-hmm. it like he's going to stab her. Yep. And he, um, and she, she like has him keep coming, keep coming like, until they get to the edge of the river and they get to the edge of the river and he's telling her that she ruined his friendships. He has no friends in town. And then, um, you know, she seduces him and, and. Yeah. But what do you think about her actually let it, cause they they finally do it and he finally comes mm-hmm. and like she obviously kind of did it just to get you know the trust i guess so because she knew she was going to kill him but i don't know like well so a lot of trauma isn't always rational yeah i was wondering if it was like a mercy fuck like i'm gonna kill you and you you're simple and these guys put you up to this so at least they'll let you get it in for real before you die Maybe, but also trauma isn't always rational. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so what he, okay. She lays down, he lays down on top of her, they fuck, and she wraps a noose around his neck. Yeah, but she had hang it. She, like, again, she, like, she had it hidden. Mm-hmm, she figured out how she was going to do this. Mm-hmm. So she had the noose hidden, puts it over his head, and yanks him up. Yanks him up. Up a tree, right? Oh, oh, like, just over the river. And, um, Fun fact, the actor, like, started gagging and choking for real because uh, they, they did their own stunts, and he was really unable to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, he's now hanging from the tree with um, his pants down at his ankles. Yeah, and he, and then she cuts him down after that, but he's hanging there for a minute. Yeah, she hides the groceries. She hides the um, the bike in the river, and she throws his body in the river. And that's the end of Matthew. And that's the end of Matthew. Okay. Um, so then 
She heads over to the gas station. She takes his blade, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. She takes his blade. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> she heads over to the gas station um, where she sees Johnny. And Johnny goes up to her and says, hey, we're closed. We close early on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't say anything to him, but she motions for him to get in the car. And he's like, I knew you wanted it. Yeah, it's funny because, yeah, Talking exactly. Asshole. He just looks at it like, yeah, we did nothing bad to you. Fuck You're all good. Asshole. And now you want some more. And he's, again, a family man, wife and kids, whatever. But he jumps in that car and he goes off with her, trusting her like everything's going to be great. And, um, yeah, so do they uh, They get... So they, dro- they drive over to, like, the... Uh, the wilderness, so whatever the forest. They oh yeah, the yeah. Where it was almost the same area, almost where like they did the first deed. I yeah, think. kind of the same area. Pulls a pulls a gun on him, gets him naked, gets yep. him down on his knees, and he tells her things like, you know, this is uh, this is all your fault because you were showing me your sexy legs when you walked by. You were, yeah. you know, you show Matthew your tits. He can see that you weren't wearing a bra that day. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. like making it her it's fault. It's all her fault. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. All her fault. Um, and really all it was, it's just him thinking, well, she wants it. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads to his doom because um, she like at that point drops the gun or gives him the gun and says, let me give draw you a bath. And he doesn't think anything of it because he thinks women just want it all the time right yeah so that that's his demise there um because they go and they get into the tub at her place and they're you know uh he's in the water and she's like pinning her hair up you know so as not to get i don't know messy maybe right and he's telling her um about his wife and his children and how he loves them both but it's kind of like a such a casual conversation because she's asking so do you love your wife do you love your children Mm -hmm. and he's just very like like chill, like nothing even fucking was wrong. And um, he starts telling her about Matthew being missing and how they had a fight, but he'll be back huh. soon. And she's like, no, he no won't. that he's cooling off. And she's like, he's already cooled off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and he's like, what do you mean? Like at the bottom of the river. What do you think? He killed himself? Like, no, I killed him. Yeah. And then he thinks he's she's sl- jo- she's joking. Um, she's giving him a hand job at this point. And um, she's like, no, yes, I killed him. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, she, you know, very just casually chops his fucking dick off. Yeah. She gets that blade that she got from Matthew. And uh, he's he's like, oh, your hands are so good. Something like that. God bless your hands. God bless your hands. And then then, uh, he says something like. If, uh, I forgot the exact line, but he says, he says uh, that felt so good it hurt. Yeah, something like that. And all of a sudden you see this burst, burst of, blood. of blood spewed up. <laughs> like a pulse. And he's like, what? Oh my goodness. And then, So he's bleeding out through his dick. <laughs> yes, profusely, like everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he keeps crying and screaming. She just basically... Puts on some music and, and chills out. Yeah, just goes and just like, mellows out. Is this like a psychotic break? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I guess at this point in time, we're really rooting for her because she's getting her revenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so so now um, we see, yeah, he's he's gone. He bleeds out, and I guess she must have pulled him out of the bathtub and threw him into like a stairwell or something. Like yeah, because yeah. she's cleaning the bathtub at this point. Yeah, and then it cuts to the wife, Johnny's wife and children at the gas station wet, uh, waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, he wouldn't run off on me. And she gets mad at the guys that are there just hanging out doing nothing. Yeah. And um, bullies them like, get out of here. Yeah, get, if I see you again, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, 
so then the guys are like, shit. They get into the a boat with an axe and they head over to Jennifer's house. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so and a gigantic axe. Like when you'd be chopping lumber for firewood with. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I think that's just where they are. Yeah. Right. So anyways, um, yeah. So at this point in time, she's got two down, two more to go. Mm-hmm. And they kind of are hip to the fact, the Stanley and Andy characters. So they are coming down the river in a boat with the axe, but they split off and, and uh, one hides... <laughs> One if by land, two if by sea. Right. So, so, um, <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, the Stanley, I think he's the one who stays in the boat. And mm-hmm. then the Andy character is with the, the axe on land now. And she... She fucking... Okay, so he, the, uh, Stanley goes and, and, and goes down the river in front of her house and doesn't see her. She's not outside. Right. But you see she kind of like... Right, she, she went underwater. Uh, was underwater and kind of like a kraken just emerges onto the boat. <laughs> just jumps up into the boat and it's like, hey, what's up? I knew I wanted to see you or I'm glad your friend's not here. I wanted you I want, alone. You're the something. one I wanted. Yeah, you're yeah. the one I wanted. And he's like, huh? Okay, what the hell? And um, what happens after that? Like, uh, She pushes him off the boat. She pushes him off the boat. Right. And then she starts doing donuts around him. <laughs> and he's fucking scared. And he's yeah. calling for Andy. And Right. And that's when Andy comes out and shows himself with the axe. And he's like, whoa. And he screaming goes at to her. save him. <laughs> he gets naked for him. Right. Well, that was really weird and awkward. I guess he did it because he didn't want to get his overalls wet. If he was to come back on land, he'd have dry clothes again. But that was weird. He just stripped down butt naked to go paddle out and save his uh, uh, his buddy. <laughs> and uh, so by this time, she also She's gets a hold of the axe, them. though. She is terrorizing them. And good for her at she, this point. Because you know what she does? She aims the boat at Andy. Yeah, and then he drops the drops axe, the into, axe her boat. into the boat. Right. Um, She's terrorizing them. And that's what they fucking get, fucking assholes. And... um. And, and she's, you know, coming after them and coming after them. And, you know, uh, one of the times she charges, she she embeds the axe directly into Andy's back. Yep. Yeah, some horrible CGI. Not CGI. Some horrible special effects. Yeah. But, but, but it, 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 it got the point across. 1978, you know, they could have probably done a little bit of a better job. But this wasn't like... You know, this wasn't I mean, for the gore. Right, yeah. It was for this is what's happening with it. Right, yeah. And then... Um, so she once one blow right to the back, boom, Andy's done. So that's three down and one more is left. And Stanley is like, help me, help me, help me. I don't want to die. Oh, how <laughs> fucking convenient. You're the one that was beating her up. Yeah, he was the most mean one. But he also technically, and I'm not saying that he was any better, but he didn't actually get it in. He wanted to. And he wanted her to probably be more in tune with it or something because he was like, you're just a mannequin. But he was the most, I feel like, violent out of them all. Yeah, he was definitely violent. And um, she's uh, she's like, okay. Uh, she stops, you know, the boat and, and he like holds onto the motor of it and is talk, trying to talk to her about it. <laughs> and then she looks at him and the thing that he told her when he did that awful thing to her was, and she said it right back to him as she pulled the the what is it the chain the, propell- the, the, the yeah the 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 rope or the chain fregadera to turn the, to turn motor, the motor on, on yeah. she goes suck it bitch <laughs> and the movie ends you know yeah and- she chops him up with the motor and then she drives off into the distance and mm-hmm. you kind of see she's 
Like, I was wondering, is she satisfied? Because she, she's got yeah, a little so smart. That's the, that's the thing, though. Like, there's a difference between justice and vengeance. Yeah. And with vengeance, um, you'll, might, you might satisfy, like, your bloodlust, but you're, never, you're not going to feel good about it. Um, yeah. There was... Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Um, but then there's also um, this movie, what I felt it did... And I know that this became a feminist movie at the time. Like, uh, people were picking against it, but then it was like, oh, okay, no, it's a feminist movie. Um, but really, what I think this movie did, it changed the perception of women who are sexually assaulted from being victims to being survivors. Because, yeah, there's this whole part of, uh, this is a shitty thing to happen, but women, people, because not, women are not the only ones that get sexually assaulted. Right. But people are resilient and they can overcome things. Also, I, I saw mention that if there was this whole debate of, okay, well, if you want equality, here's the equality. Women can be just as fucking brutal if they want it to be. We can stoop down to that level and be, I don't know, monsters. You mean by her becoming the murderer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. But so again, though, like, she is a murderer. And now at this point in time, technically speaking, and I know that they say this in the um, like in the in the trailer and stuff like no jury would convict her or whatever. But she has now murdered four people in you know, broad daylight, pretty much. And at the end of it, like, don't you think there will like in real life, there would be some repercussions if she just drove off in the boat, whether she stayed there for another couple of days or left the town. Eventually, there's going to be four murders and the local cops are going to be wondering who the hell killed these four people. Right. So even though they're they're the bad guys and they're the rapists, she I feel like it, who knows in the outcome after that, if she ended up becoming like. I guess, you know, I know that the story ends there, but I'm saying, what if she got arrested and then tried as a murderer and sentenced to jail for killing four people, even though they raped her? Right. Even if she pled insanity, right? Yeah. She would still be in a state mental hospital. It doesn't mean they're getting off. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of unanswered questions. Um, there, you know, what happened to these guys? You know, are, are they going to have people looking for them? Did people even care about it? What all that happened? But also, what? But mainly, what happens to her? Does she feel satisfaction? Does mm. she go on to leave a quote normal life? Um, right. Does she go back to Manhattan? Right. Does um, she finish her novel? Does she finish her <laughs> novel? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of unanswered things. Um, and I guess it's just the reality of people who do experience this kind of trauma is there's no fucking cookie cutter ending to it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I have, um, I have an ex who experienced some of the same trauma I did and I am this way and my ex is completely opposite way. And it's, you know, it, it is not a, you know, a, a stationary ending to things. It's not, and they lived happily ever after, or they became bums and now live on streets. Like it's not, there isn't, you fuck people up. There's no telling what's going to happen mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, and the, the 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 title also, I spit on your grave. I mean, it sounds that's like venge- vengeful. Yeah, and like, it ah, like I spit on your grave because you're a it's, loser. It's a response. And, you know, I don't respect you. I spit on your grave is a response. Yeah. It's it's anger. But the original title, uh, what Day was of it? the Woman. Day of the Woman. Yeah, like that. If it didn't get like technically like. 
it's a more positive title. But the thing is, the movie was not well received at the time under that title. That's why they changed it. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that it was better received when it was more, I spit on your grave, you know? Right, because it's a response to what happened to her. It, it It's when you, when that happens, you're fucking angry. You're fucking pissed off. And there's so much shit that you feel. And as somebody even who, for people who even don't experience that kind of trauma, it's still it's still impactful and the people still have responses. You know, many of, of the um, advocates for uh, groups that help women that have been victims or who are survivors of domestic violence and sexual assaults, many of them, I won't say the majority, but many of them have never experienced that, but they can empathize with it. I wonder, like, again, the director made the movie kind of with the intention of like, you know, he helped a rape victim. So, or, or at, literally, I guess, coming out of the, you know, onto the street or something like that, wherever, out of the woods or something or something, whatever. And so, obviously, he was trying to make a movie where he was kind of like... In not, response to that. Yeah, and not glorifying the rape side of it, but glorifying her survival portion of it. That, yeah. that she could overcome and survive it. But then I'll, you wonder, like... You know, this is also like things are made for entertainment, right? And so, how there's, I mean, you know, there's probably a bunch of people who watch this movie because they like the rape part of it. Not that that's good, but that's what I'm saying. There's evil people in the world, and the ones who actually would do that probably look at something like this and they see that as their, you know, um, what do I want to say here? I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's a, like their like, like encouragement. Yeah, almost. Well, they all encourage to find themselves dead too in the bottom of a river. Maybe, but maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, well, it's it's that fine line again. Like, because you know, here you are making uh, it, it's the same thing. Like, take it away from rape and talk about murder or killing or kidnapping or okay, whatever. Well, like, I watched thousands of movies in which people are murdered brutally I've yeah never and you don't want to murder but, right and i'm the same way too like it's that same argument where people talk about like oh violent video games or violent movies it causes but that's not necessarily true if you have it in you then you already have it in you if you don't then you're not going to look at evil things and then go do evil you know so look, i've i've gone hunting i've seen deer right i've never you skinned never, a deer? You pulled the skin off of a deer before? Yeah, my grandfather taught you me. You killed Bambi and you skinned her alive? Yeah, fuck that hoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we go hunting. My grandparents, like, my, my grandfather, a lot of people may not agree with a lot of things he does, but he was the first feminist of my life. And feminist, not as in broken your bras kind of some feminist, but the first person to encourage me to be a strong woman was my grandfather. And he taught me that... Con ningún cabrón naciste, con ningún cabrón tienes que morir. Meaning, you didn't die with, you didn't, you weren't born with any motherfucker, you don't gotta die with any motherfucker. You do shit on your own. So, um, my grandfather taught me how to shoot, he taught me how to hunt, and he taught me how to skin a deer. And then my grandmother taught me how to clean the ticks off and how to, <laughs> how to make food out of it. But, um, my point being. Yeah, what is your point? In skinning a deer and shooting a deer and hunting, never once could I ever feel like this would be great as a person. Like the movie The Pest? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to go and hunt people. There's a completely difference. One is for survival. One is one is not. You know, one is for 
well, not good for anything, really. But it's like it doesn't translate. It's it's well, look it's at like it's, it's like people with like the uh, and this is I don't want it to get political, but the gun control part. You can have a fucking gun, but be a responsible gun owner. Yeah, I I just wonder like because you know a movie like Scarface, for example, the bottom line to the movie of Scarface is you know the. It, that that's not the way to live that being a coke you know uh dealer huge drug smuggler (laughs) whatever is not the way like it's that's but the thing is the reality of scarface because scarface wasn't received in the box office very well and it was also considered a violent brutal movie for its time but technically speaking loads of people glorify the movie scarface for exactly that they love want to be gangsters and they want to be drug dealers now because of that and they watch that movie and they're like yeah first you get the money then you get the power and it's like the pussy but here's the thing at the end of the day the the lesson that you learn from scarface is choose your friends closely sure (laughs) i just (laughs) i think choose your friends wisely I think if you tell, you know, I don't know, I guess normal people the way we are, we're not going to look at stuff and, and and go do negative bad things to people or to ourselves or whatever. But there's we live in a world where there's not everybody's not normal. We probably, you know, who knows what the numbers are, but let's just say it's 50 50. That means there's half of the other people out there that, again, probably see these types of things and they do, in a sense, glorify it or look at it as in like, yeah. Or whatever, you know, and I don't know. So it, it's, it's, um, you know, it might have been also why it got, um, kind of negative reviews or, or it was people didn't want to give it a chance or whatever. Because again, right off the bat, if you don't watch it and you know that, oh, this is a movie that has some really hardcore stuff in it, even just the nudity aspect of it. In the seventies, they were a little bit like more open with that. But the thing is, it's something where I see that was the one really, hell of a bush. Yeah, it was. I, I, I think it was a Merkin, though. Because you, so? you couldn't see lips. Yeah, maybe, Even maybe at, not. at any angles. I don't know. Like, I don't know. The one angle I thought it looked sort of totally real. Mm, I don't know. I'm willing to bet that it was probably. I'm willing to bet that it was real. I'll take that I side. will bet you no dollars on that. So, um, but like, there's a, you know, this country was very conservative at, at one point in time where, you know, you know. This country's pretending to be conservative now. Pretending, but we're more open and loose now. But you got to think of there's that side of people um, who are very conservative, very either um, whatever religion that they're into. It might be, you know, they look at those kind of things and they think it's immoral, it's disgusting, it's bad. Like they don't see a movie like this and say it's art or it's got a message or anything. So I think that's what I mean in 78 or 82 or whenever it was when you know, things started rolling for the movie. Like it was something where it was hard for people to probably understand. That's why they went just quick to ban it. You know, it was, it wasn't even getting an R rating. The guy had to cut over 10 minutes of it out just to get an R rating. And then he felt like it did, it uh, did the movie a disservice. So he ended up making the director's cut, putting it back in there again. Um, but I, I can see where, you know, in the early 80s, mid 80s, especially where I was at, at that time in Massachusetts, you know, people weren't as open as they are now. So I can see how a movie like this would be um, taken out of context or they just think that it's not even worth watching or whatever. So uh, anyways, that's that's what I, I thought about it. I think it's a good movie, but I think it's, it's something that you have to watch in perspective and you know you just got to be you have to find the 
the the goods in it, I guess, you know? I think it's a good movie. Um, I think that if you're a weak constitution, not even weak constitution, if you want to skip the rape scene, you can. Um, it does add a little bit more realism to it, and you kind of connect with her a little bit more and, and feel the empathy there. I don't feel like you have to watch it to get the point of the movie. Um, I think if you watch this from the point of shitty people do shitty things, I think you'll enjoy the movie. Yeah. I mean, the revenge um, genre in sub-genre, I guess, maybe in horror is, is one of those that, you know, there's there's tons of movies, like Old Boy, you know, like uh, the Koreans love to have revenge plots. They're well, way into that stuff. The Last House on the Left. Yeah, that was Wes Craven, wasn't it? The original Last House on the Left, I believe, was Wes Craven. I could be wrong. We have to check the list. Um, because I, I, it's on the list. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's the ones that I've seen. It's... Oh, wait, no, I could be wrong. He did Hills Have Eyes. The original Hills Have Eyes. He didn't do the original Hills Have Eyes. He didn't? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he did. Wes Craven did something really old school. We're going to have to look that up. Um, But anyways, getting back to this movie... um. Yeah, it's if you can if you can make it through it, it's worth watching again. Nineteen seventy seven. Hill have eyes. Yeah, are you looking it up right now? Of course I am. You gonna try to prove me wrong? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, you know what? He did the last house on the left. See, I was right. You're absolutely right. And the hills have eyes. I was right. That's okay. Craven. I just you know what I know the movies, but I'm not really good with remembering directors. Just like I know music, but I don't remember people. I just know the lyrics. Hold on one second, okay? So, as far as recommendations, we do recommend you watching this movie at least once in your lifetime. Um, I think it's good to remember that um, the people are survivors, not victims. And um, if you have been a victim of domestic violence or sexual assault, please seek help. Um, I don't have the numbers readily available, but if you email me through our website, icecreampodcast.com, maybe I can help direct you to where you can get some help. You know, you're not alone, and there's tons of help if you need it. Okay. I'll be sure to call you. You're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what I noticed, so we went from... Two older movies, and then we watched Mandy, which is a newer movie, and then we went back in time and watched an older movie again, but it had to, it related to Mandy because, again, of the revenge plot. So where are we going this time? Hmm. What do you have in mind? I don't know. Um, Want to pick something? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm, uh, it's, what are we going to just randomly pick a... Pick a name out of the book or something? A name off the list? Off the list. Okay. Um, By the way, you can go to the website and check out the list. Um, we will add movies to it if you have suggestions. And we'll also... We add- haven't finished posting the list because um, my hands get tired from all that typing. But that's where you'll, you'll be able to also stay up to date on what movies we've watched and what movies we hope to watch. Okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we do Night of the Living Dead? Zombie stuff, right? 
Cool. Absolutely. All right. We also it. have that other movie because we had to get two movies oh, yeah. for the DVD. Do you want to just do that one? I guess. What was that one called again? A Girl Walks Alone at Night. What's that? What's What would you consider that? I, if I tell you, you won't be surprised. Okay, then I won't. So Let's just right. do Nightmare on, Elm, Nightmare on Elm Street. Night of the Living Dead. What did I say? <laughs> let's do all three in one. Um, let's just do Night of the Living Dead. All right, we fine. can do a Romero Zombies. movie. Yeah, Zombies. absolutely. So we've done ghosts. We've done uh, haunted house. Haunted house. We've done uh, pervert. Pervert. Yeah. We've <laughs> rapist. Done ra- rapist. Revenge. And now that's Ma- four, right? Yeah, Mandy was uh, revenge. Also. Yeah. So, uh, but so yeah, let's do some zombie movies next. Sounds yes. good. Night of the Living Dead. Here we come. All right. Thanks for checking us out again this week. And thank you so much to everyone who has subscribed on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Also, everyone who has um, subscribed to our RSS feed. I mean, yeah, we're still waiting for our podcast to approve us. But in the meantime, the RSS feed has been great. Um, reach out to us through our contact form on the website. And uh, we hope to hear from you. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Really appreciate the support. Anybody uh, out there listening, um, keep listening and tell a friend. Absolutely. So uh, any other closing words? Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> well, that's a wrap for this week. Tune in next time. That's a wrap. Hey, can we go get food? Uh, sure. All right, cool. All right, we're going to go get food. See you guys. Thanks for coming. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye.